Greetings and welcome back, everybody. This is episode seven of the Mastery Podcast. So glad to be back on the airwaves. I'm your host, Master Chris Malarkey, fifth degree black belt in traditional Taekwondo, and I'm joined by a very, very special guest today. Um, but before I go any further, I'd like you guys to hit that like or subscribe button or follow button located somewhere on your screen so I can continue bringing martial arts and martial artists to you right wherever you are in the world today. Um, so without further ado, um, my next guest here today, um, as we slowly climb towards episode 10, uh, has been a national and international contender um, in Taekwondo. He was very dominant and emphatic uh, in his time, also trained over 17 national Taekwondo champions uh, alongside one of my former guests, Master Herb Perez, who you might remember as the Olympic gold medalist in Taekwondo uh, from 1992. He's also a student of the late Grandmaster Ki Chung Kim, um, former president of the United States Taekwondo Union, um, and has uh, started a Mark the Shark Williams Scholarship Fund uh, at Western Kentucky University for full-time graduate students majoring in recreation and sport administration. Um, huh? Is that is that is that correct, sir? No, I don't know about that one. No. Okay, so we'll get rid of that one. That's what I remember. I, so that's what I saw. But. Um, and you also retired from competition just around uh, 34 years old, uh, which is really cool. There was a lot of uh, stuff I read up on that. But uh, without further ado, Master Mark Williams, welcome and good morning. Thank you for joining us here today. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Um, so uh, I guess we got to kind of hop in the, I guess I'll ask the obvious question, which is how has COVID been uh, for you? How are you doing? How's your family doing? Well, I, I can't complain. My kids are okay. Family's okay. So, uh, you know, I consider myself fortunate and, and uh, uh, with the number of people that have gone down, I'm, I'm not going to complain about anything. That's, that would be silly, silly, silly. Some people got real problems. Yes, yes. yes. And, Is that the know, martial arts perspective lending itself there, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous to complain when, when you know, my parents are still alive. My kids are, are healthy and, you know, we're all working and blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, everybody's got problems, but Absolutely. some people got real problems and knock on wood. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear everyone's good. okay on your end, sir. Very, very important. Um, so I guess like hop in the time capsule, your name used to be Mark the Shark. Uh, so what did you get? Where did the shark come from uh, in your competitive days, uh, you know, dominating all the circuits? That was, uh, uh, I don't know when, very early when I first started leaving the mainland to compete. Right. I found, a, I, found a, uh, uh, I was on a beach in Puerto Rico. Okay. And the guy had a little, little uh, matchbox, the, you know, the, the old matchboxes, not the... Yeah. Uh, and in it was a bunch of or three or four teeth, shark teeth. Shark I teeth. thought it was neat. Cool. I thought it was neat. Got it from him, came home, had a neck. Well, there's one of them. Had, oh, had a necklace made. Had a, had a necklace made out of one of them. And uh, 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 and then sometime subsequently uh, at a competition. While I'm talking to a reporter, he saw him and he wrote an article. It said Marcus Sharp. That was it. And that was it. That's how it came to be. 
That's awesome. Did that have, did the shark have, I guess, take on um, or embody sort of that, I guess, um, the nature of a shark and the way you, way you fought and the way you competed um, back in the day? It was just more of a, 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 for me, you know, everybody likes animals and stuff, but it's the primal, yeah, prehistoric nature of it. Right. Uh, 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 you know, eat crap, make little sharks. That's it. Right, right. Did you ever have any one of the people in the stands going, "Mark the shark, mark the shark"? <laughs> no, in, in, in the stands, no, because that it's funny how okay the article yeah. came out. And then, uh, 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 you know, I'd get that from people who had read the article. Right. You know, and, and while I was competing, while I was competing early in my career, people called me Goodyear because I always had a Goodyear hat on. Ah, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't until much later. I, I don't even know if I got it that much while I was competing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Again, it was just an it was an article, and and it and it, and it wasn't until much later that you know your friends call you that. Sure. Uh, uh, they see the article. You know, I I really couldn't tell you the uh, the that's the genesis, but yeah, I really couldn't tell you when that. Uh, now I get it all the time. <laughs> I spoke to one of my friends the other day. Right. I, I called him and didn't say who I was. He said, it's a shark. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> Very cool. But uh, uh, yeah, so I didn't have that going on gotcha. in my competition gotcha. days. Awesome. Um, so take us back. Your first experience with martial arts, whether it was Taekwondo or some other martial art, what got you started in uh, this path? Because you've been doing this for such a long time. Um, and I was active as far as I know, still active. So um, what got you started in the martial arts and namely Taekwondo? You know, the, 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 in the early 70s when them crazy Kung Fu movies came out, you know, Five Fingers of Death, that was like one of the first ones to come over. You'll like this one, sir. Look what shirt I got on for you today. Ah! <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> but uh, those things came out and then uh, uh, I first went to a uh, jiu-jitsu school. Right. And not the jujitsu of today. The jujitsu of today in the United States is relatively new. Before the, uh, what are the brothers in Brazil? The, the, uh, the Gracies. Gracies. Before the Gracies brought that up here, right. there was like an older jujitsu. Right. Gotcha. And uh, uh, I went to a place up in the Bronx, uh, up off of, a uh, guy's name was Pereira. You know, just martial arts school. And then I had an accident, had to stop. And uh, after a few months there, I had an accident, had to stop. And, 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 and then one of my friends where I lived, he was doing Taekwondo with Richard Chun. And so I ended up on the uh, first, the seven, you know, the 77th Street School. Gotcha. I think, I don't even think that one's there now. They're up, they're up on 86th, I believe. I don't know. But uh, uh, then I started with Richard Chun. And, uh, and then my family moved out here, out to New Jersey. Uh, you know, and then 
found Kim Ki Chung. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Taekwondo, like I said, I was, I did the first place just for a few months. Right. And then I was in an accident in the train system. I got my foot caught between two train cars, if you believe. What? Holy cow. Holy cow. Yeah, the train jumped and I slipped, fell down in there and the train, uh, so, so slow down and the car is compressed and caught my foot. That's like stuff for a little while, and uh, you know. And then when I, my friend, my friend was doing it in the same building I lived in, and I, he was doing it with Richard Chun, and I ended up there. Understood. Gotcha. And what brought, what made you find Grandmaster uh, Ki Chung Kim? Was it just that he was? Uh, no, it was it, it, as most people find their place. They just find a place. Right. It wasn't close by. I had to take two buses. How did I end up there? Because I lived in Montclair and he was in Orange. Right. And I had to take the bus to Bloomfield and then the bus from Bloomfield to, to Orange. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not, uh, uh, it wasn't the place down the block. Right. How did I end up at Kim Ki Chung? You know, tell you the truth, I don't know. And it's probably, and I think about it, I never, never thought about it before. Yeah. But because I was from New York, that I ended up there because I lived, I'm from the Bronx, and I went to school in Brooklyn. Right. I went to Brooklyn Tech. So high school was a 90-minute bus train ride every day. So uh, 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 going, taking buses yeah. from Montclair to Orange might seem pretty circuitous, but you know, for a New Yorker, right? <laughs> you know, had I, you know, had I grown up here in New Jersey, I probably wouldn't have went all the way in. You know, Understood. I probably would have ended up in a place in Montclair. There were schools in Montclair. Gotcha. The landscape has changed a little bit because there aren't. There's a. There's a. There are a few schools now, and I'm in Bloomfield, so I'm right down the block. But uh, it's uh, it's not. There aren't that many schools. They're they're pretty good. Um, for sure, but there aren't as maybe as many as there there would have been, I guess. Back well, this was in the '70s, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know there are fewer than that than now, but right. you know, that might have had something to do with it. But uh, sure, maybe there wasn't one in Montclair back then. <laughs> what about what about yeah. Taekwondo? Um, once you started, I guess really kind of kept you there too, because you know you could. So many people have stories when you talk to them nowadays. You talk to them and they say, "Oh, I used to do." X, Y, Z. And my question is, why'd you stop? You know, what made you stop? But there's, I think the important question here is why did you, can? what kept you, I guess, motivated or driven to continue doing Taekwondo? Because you took it to like the highest levels pretty much. Oh, I was good at it. I was good at it right away. Nice. Right away. By the time I, when I got to Richard Chun's, I was beating up the black belts as a yellow belt. Wow. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I was good at it. Wan Lee... Penny Wan Lee was was teaching for him right. for a little while. Richard Chun never came out on the floor, at least not for me, but uh, right. rarely came out on the floor. The guy named Wan Lee was teaching then. And uh, yeah, I was good at it right away. Gotcha. Beautiful. And then you met so many people along the way, ended up, you know, coaching and getting to, you know, all these platforms. Did it ever, I, did it ever, um, did you ever, I guess, have the stage fright to be on, you know, those big platforms, you know, big championships. One of my friends, uh, 
Master Javier Santiago, he started, I think, got his black belt in 82. <laughs> so, um, but he is a fellow practitioner of mine. He wanted me to ask you specifically about the S. Henry Cho tournaments, if you had ever had any experience with those or heard about them. Um, they were pretty, pretty large tournaments. I guess Madison Square Garden was involved as well. Um, so do you have any experience in those realms or ever have any stage competing in front of so many people on a large scale? No. No, there's a focus thing. So, right. you know, as with anything, you do well. And uh, even now to this day, I, I, I'll watch. I don't care what it is. I love to watch people do what they do well. Understood. So if you, if you are the world champion in knitting, right. I could probably watch you for hours. That's pretty cool. Because there's, there's that... We're all doing the same thing at the same time. Right. That, that when you're good at it, there's a focus. There's a bit of a freedom. There's a bit of a organic, natural. I don't know that I just, I can watch anybody. If they're good at doing something, I can watch them. If they're good at reading, I could probably watch you read. <laughs> and because there's something similar yeah. that you're doing while you're reading right. that right. I'm doing in a ring right you know it's all to me it's all the same so if they're good at it there's some commonality somewhere do you think that has to do with and my teacher is, my teacher's grandmaster Suk Jung Kim um, and you, I took a, I took a, fortunate enough, I, I was smart enough to take videos of him talking, just having conversation. Um, and this one particular conversation I watched over and over and over many times. He talked about the difference between Do and Taekwondo and the difference between technique. Um, and he mentioned that, you know, so many practitioners get caught up in technique, 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 but not as many people are focused. And maybe this is where your focus that you're talking about is coming in, um, the, the way to do something the way. And I, I wanted to, I was curious to hear your thoughts on that. It fascinated me. I just kept hearing it over. It almost like changed, you know, cause you get, you do so many years of something, you know, you get, I guess, good at it, relatively speaking. Um, and I guess the learning curve does slow down a little bit as you approach the higher level. So like, you know, it does take longer for you to make a bigger jump. Um, no, you just rest, you just start learning different other things. Right, right. The learning curve, curve doesn't change. Your body changes. Gotcha. Your body changes, not the learning curve. Gotcha. But okay. you just start, yeah, you just start learning different things. And it's the difference between Michael Jordan when he came in and Michael Jordan at the end. Right. You know, in the beginning, it was pure physicality. At the end, it's all in the brain. So, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And did you, were you feel, would you feel like you were, um, I guess, do you practice more of the dull now than you used to in terms of the competitive aspect of things? It feels like when you're in your competition days, it's like pretty much physical, but perhaps toward the end, as it was for me when I stopped competing, it was all up here. Like I didn't have to. Play yeah, that, you know? that, that's, that's what it is. Again, it's the way kind of doesn't change. The way is the way. Right. And, uh, the way is the way, but the way is different for everybody. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> because everybody's body is different. Right. Absolutely. So the way I do it, I can kind of teach the way I do it. But I always thought my success was I didn't necessarily teach people the way I did it because they 
couldn't do what I could do. Right. And I didn't try to do what other people, I mean, not that I didn't try to do what other people did, but I didn't try to do what other people did like they did it. I had to find out the way I could do that. Right. And I would teach how to do what I did, but you have to look at the person in their body and how they function and say, this is how they get there. Right. So it's it's a journey towards success. Right. Which is, you know, you know, uh, the do. It's not taekwondo, karate, kung fu. The do is, don't get hit. Hit the other guy if you're fighting. Yes, sir. <laughs> so for all of these knuckleheads that want to go, this style is better than that style, and this yeah. is this is better, and then MMA and kung fu and taekwondo and da 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 da. da. You know what? It's you. It's nine hundred and ninety-nine out of a thousand times that guy's better than that guy. Right. Not right. what they're doing. It's right. that they're bettering at doing what they do. Right. You know, which right. even now today, you hear. Uh, 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 make sure you get this out. Put this in capital letters. Sure. You get all the. I mean, the point point fighting that I came up with. I don't even know if it exists anymore. I haven't seen much of it, but the WTF, the Olympic, the Olympic fighting now, you know, it's changed again. Like I told people it would 20 years ago and it changed because the electronic, Mm -hmm. but uh, 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 for all the guys that complain about the way people are doing things now and they don't like this style of fighting. and, 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 And I mean, personally, I'm not, particularly a fan but I'm not gonna knock it down because for me and and again I I, I guess I have this uh, outlook because of the way I came up and what I mean by that is Taekwondo pro practitioner point tournaments that was what is what was available but and it wasn't at my instructor's insistence. He didn't particularly like that I did what I did, which was, you know, official karate, black belt magazine. You go to the back and it was the tournament list. You know, who, what tournament was where. And for whatever circuit you won, whatever you came up in, if you came up, you know, with a NASCAR instructor and with the NASCAR tournaments, you came up with Connecticut had their own little... Uh, 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 what's the word what am I looking for? Had her own, uh, list set, list set. group, uh, their own, uh, oh, good grief, I'm missing the word circuit, uh, circuit, circuit. had their own circuit. Uh, uh, there was a point circuit here in Jersey, there was the karate circuit, you know, in New York. It was not, depending on where you went, it was nine times out of ten. This group of instructors doing this, and they get together and do a tournament. So you go back in the magazine. I just looked at where, and I look at what. Where's the tournament I could get to? And I went. So if there's a karate tournament in Connecticut, I drove to Connecticut. There was a kung fu tournament in Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn. I didn't care what it was. I didn't look at the. You know, I didn't look at what kind of tournament it was. Just look at where is competition. 
So walk in the door and you go, what are the rules here? <laughs> you don't know anybody. Right. And it could be, like I said, I'm walking in a Taekwondo dobo into a Kung Fu tournament. I'm walking around my Taekwondo tournament. Uh, 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 Dobok with a Korean flag on it walking into a karate tournament. Right. Uh, 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 Pete Serengano and, 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 and Gary Alexander and, and, you know, they had their own circuits. You walk in and you go, you know, you're the only one with that flag on, you're the only one with this color uniform on. Isolated. You know, what, are, what are the rules here? You don't walk in and say, I don't like the rules here. This is not the way we used to fight. Used to fighting. I walked in. I did what I did against what they did. Now, what I was doing, I don't think was better. I just did what I did better than what they did. I mean, good guys everywhere. And when you fight those good guys, they all fight the same kind of way. (laughs) (laughs) The best illustration of that would be a guy named Paul Vizio. I don't know if you know Paul Vizio. I'm not not aware of him. Paul Vizio, kung fu guy. Okay. Traditional Kung Fu. Traditional Kung Fu. Ah, okay. He got in a ring with you, and he would whip your ass. <laughs> and he wasn't doing all of this. Right, right. Just nice. That's not to say he was dissing Kung Fu or anything, but, Boom. you know, straight line is a little better than circular. So this distance to it. To you know, to shortest distance between two points straight line. Right. Uh, uh, the only one ever I ever saw do traditional kung fu in competition was Tyre Cassell. Okay. Cassell okay. did traditional kung fu, and he would whip your ass. <laughs> he was good at it. Right. So it wasn't. This or this or this. He was just good at doing what he did. You know, Vizio Kung Fu guy, he was good at doing what he did. You know, I can name a million other guys. Right. But, uh, right. Uh, uh, you know, you walk into a competition and you just go, what are the rules here? What What do they do that I don't do? You know, walk into a karate time. They made it do backfists. We don't do backfists. Right. But still can't get hit by that backfist. Right. And once you watch one guy do backfist, you go, Oh, that's how you do it? Okay. You can sweep. You get swept once. The you, can with that back fist. You, you get swept once. You get backfisted once. You do that stupid inside-outside kick once, and you get hit with it, and then you go, I got you. I can do that, and you ain't going to hit me with that shit again. So it wasn't a case of, of, of I don't like the rules here. It was competition. So I'm going to do what I do against what you do. I have success now. But the guys that are complaining now about the way things are now, not wrong with complaining. We all complain. But if you think what's being done now is bullshit, which some of it is, if you think what's being done now is crap, as it's being described, then you should walk in with what you do and whip their ass. Fair enough. If I had, if I had, if I was making competitors now, or just like I did when I went from the point system to the WTF system, I didn't. I wasn't all of a sudden some Olympic guy, 
Because I remember beforehand people saying, you can't do what you do in them point tournaments and these tournaments. And I go, yeah, if you can underkick my leg, because that's what everybody would always say. If you throw that front leg like that, somebody's going to underkick you. Right. And I go, okay. If you can underkick me, you can have it. And if you can underkick me, if you can kick me in the body while I'm going to your face, I will trade my face kick for your body kick every single time. Mm. And so I walked in and said, yeah. And I remember it was Charles Steppen. He said, uh, he asked me after, after Henry Cho's tournament one time. He said, you know, what do you say? Something to that effect. What do you say to those, you know, Olympic guys that say blah, 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 blah. And I said, those guys got their hands down. I will kick them in the face. Because <laughs> the guys I came up with, Frankie Calderon, Jerry Robbins, John Kretos, Mitch Wilkinson, William Oliver, uh, uh, the guys that I came up watching, anybody that had their hands down got kicked in the face. Pow. Right. right. If your hands weren't up, Mike Warren, Albert Cheeks, they made, the WTF guys made fun of us because we fought like this. Right. We fought like this because if you had your hands down, you got kicked in the face. Right. And I said, you know, hey, those guys fight with their hands down. I'll just go kick them in the face. Right. And then when I went to Nationals, I kicked people in the face. <laughs> you know, one guy came over and said something. Jimmy Kim, heavyweight champion, he came over and said, you said you would kick people in the face. And that's what you did. And, 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 and he gave me some props. And I was like, it was the way. And it wasn't that point fighting was better. Right. It was yeah. that. I actually thought at the time the WTF fighters were actually better at kicking. Mm. They could do more kinds of different kicks. But the guys I came up, we were better at kicking the face. Right, right. right. We could kick the face better. Right. Uh, and if you didn't have your hands up, you got kicked in the face. Right. So the guys now don't want to complain about the nature of things and the way the game is going and everything. If you don't like the way things are going, tell your guys, teach your students to go in and beat them up. Agreed. Don't don't say I don't you don't like the rules and you don't like this and you don't like that and you don't this is not good and that's cheap and this uh, you walk in and you go, what are the rules here? Oh, you can do that? Oh, if you want to say that what you do is better. Right. You want to say what you do is better. Go in and do what you do better than what they do. It's still don't get hit at the other guy. The electronic. Oh, that thing goes off. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, don't let it hit you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a machine. Right. It's a machine which, for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's not perfect. Nothing is. But it's a machine, which means you can learn how the machine works and keep it from going off. <laughs> so I don't want to hear that's a bullshit point. Right. You know, it used to be you go to a karate tournament and you, 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 you know, you get a point when the other guy get a point when he's five feet away from you and you go, okay, I'm going to be six feet away. <laughs> you don't go, that's a bullshit point. That's no good. And that's what, that's what happens a lot of times and why you didn't have guys going from one discipline to another. You didn't have many, a lot of guys going from one circuit, different circuits, because 
If I can't use my back fist, uh, I can't fight. They don't allow me to sleep there. Gotcha. They don't let me do this. They don't let me do that. They don't score this kick as opposed to that kick. Well, if you hit them well, yes, they will. Right, right, right. So don't tell me it can't be done. So, I mean, for, for all guys that, that are complaining about the nature of the way things are now, quite frankly, they're full of shit. Excuse, can I curse? I'm sorry. No, you're all good. Whatever you, this is your show, all you, um, all good. And, and you know, in my mind, that's how I speak anyway. So, but um, so can you talk about, I guess your the ability to adapt is really important there, right? Like you just walk, and the first thing you said was walking in and how do I adjust? Because that's how I live my life. How do I adjust to what's going on as opposed to, I can't change it. I don't even see it as adjusting. The reality is the reality. Right. Yeah, if he's left-handed, uh, most people right-handed. And right. if I had a left-handed guy, it's a little bit different. Right. You got to do something different. Yeah, I guess adjustment is a proper word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you, you got to do it a little bit different. Right. So, right. Uh, but what do you do? Depends on what he's doing. Correct. Correct. You know, if he's doing X, I got to keep him from doing X. Number one, it's fighting is two things. Only two things, and the only reason why we have all of these different systems and styles and everything is because everybody wants to say, I'm the president of this style. I'm the president of Mark Williams, duck walk, kung fu, chicken beat kung fu, and I'm 10th, 27th down. Yeah. Fighting is two things, two things only. Don't get hit. Hit the other guy in that order. Because it doesn't matter how good you are if the other guy can hit you and drop you. Absolutely. I have fought a lot of people who are better than me. Better than me. But the defense sucked so I could get them first. They're still better than me. Even though I beat them, I beat a lot of guys who were better than me. But not because my offense was better, because my defense was better. What are they trying to do? Don't get hit. Don't get hit. Hit the other guy. So if I can keep from hitting me, all I need is one point, which is the funny thing about the new fighting. It's going back to the new fighting is like the old fighting. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And, 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 you know, with the electronic fighting, I, I still, to this day, and if you talk to older players, they look at the young guys, they look at the guys now, and even the last 20 years, and they go, how did they score so many points? I never had anybody score that many points on me in my life. I would, I, I would try to go through the whole tournament. The old guys would try to go to the tournament without being scored on. I wanted to win all of my matches, one to nothing, because that's the ultimate inefficiency. And the guys that come out now, they want to score 20, they're trying to score 27 points in the first round. And then by the time they get to the third round, uh, uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. They, they're fighting the egos. I want to hit them. I want to hit them with, I want to jump up, do 17 backflips. That's from TV crap. I want to do cartwheels and backflips and, 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 and spin basketballs on my head, you know, on my finger while I'm kicking them in the face. Instead of just going, boom. Or instead of just going, round kick, boom. Yeah. And a million guys I saw like that. Fantastic. Unhuman. He was a Dominican kid. What's his name? It'll come to me. Not from this earth. 
not Gabriel. Not from not human. I saw him do things that were physically impossible. And I remember going to the Dominican Republic and seeing him as a junior. I'm looking at this kid, everybody in the building, you know, I'm from the States, I'm down for my friends and all these Dominican instructors who want my opinion, want me to see this kid. You know, this is their future. This is what they see, you know. We got somebody. Gotcha, yeah. And I'm watching this kid just phenomenal. Phenomenal as, as a junior. Right. After the competition, it's terrible. And it may seem funny now. I didn't think of it then. But surrounded by all of these master instructors from the Dominican Republic. And they look at me. <laughs> that kid. And I looked at them and I said, bronze medal, silver medal tops. They went bananas. They thought I'm dissing this kid. Right, right. And I wasn't really. But I just could never see him winning. Why? Not because he wasn't good. I couldn't see him winning because he was so good. And his problem wasn't how good he was. His problem was he was so good, he didn't listen to his fucking coach. He didn't listen to anybody. Uh, he was doing insane things. He was not double kicking. He was quadruple quintile. And then he would kick you in the face. Wow. He would kick you 20 times in the body, and then he would kick you in the face. Wow. So he was enamored with his ability. Ah, okay. Into it. And so I said, you know, on a world level, yeah, he'd be lucky if he gets a silver medal. Gotcha. They went crazy. Subsequently, two Olympic Games later, where were we? Were we in? Was Athens, Greece. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure it was Greece. He's in the final. Mexico. Main guys had killed each other. Right. I didn't even know who the Mexican was. <laughs> didn't even know who he was. He gets in. The Mexican goes boom. One point. The Mexican goes boom. Two points. Boom. Three points. Sticking it in there. The Mexican beat. Mexican was a regular guy. Had a really good round kick. Which this kid, if he had adjusted round kick, he would have been unbeatable. Mm. If he had simplified his game. Handicapped, yeah. So. Well, if nothing else, nothing else. If he just had somebody that would, was able to control him because he couldn't control himself. Right. He couldn't control himself. And that's what I saw as a junior. He was not in control of his brain. He was just in control of his body. Interesting. And as what happens to so many Tremendous. I've played Barbara, another one. 
not human. Just, I personally, I think Clay Barber, one of the best athletes we ever turned out. Wow. But just not in control of his own brain and was enamored with the roar of the crowd. Gotcha. So the crazier thing he did, right. the more reaction he got. Right. That's what these guys were. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys like that. People addicted to that. They can't do the simple thing because they want the the adulation. Right. You know, they would rather throw a 56 kick combination than just go kaboom. The The funny thing is, if you just do a simple punch, you do a reverse punch. You hit him square in the middle of Hogu, and it goes kaboom. (laughs) You get the same same reaction. I love the guy that spins 17 times does a back hook. Yeah. That kid, that Dominican kid, we were, it was Greece. It was Greece. I'm sitting next to Jay Warwick. And he, what he did. Uh, I, 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 oh, God. I have it on tape somewhere. I, 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 it's buried somewhere. Got to see it at some point. <laughs> he did like a spinning, jumping, spinning kick landed and then through jumping axe kick and hit that kid in the face. Now this is on a world-class, this is not some local tournament. Right. This is world-class, this is the Olympics. Right. He spun, kicked, landed and jumped up and axe kicked him. The technique was such and it's the only time I've ever seen this. Now I've seen some crazy stuff, but he did it. Jay Warwick and I were sitting next to each other. And we both did this. <laughs> we both looked at each other right. because I, I, as if a verification that we both saw what we just saw. Right, right. That was this kid. He did, but he couldn't throw round kick. Interesting. For the, for, for, for life of him, he couldn't throw a round kick. Clay Barber? Another one. Couldn't throw a single kick. Had to do 60, 62 kicks. Right. Team trials, he's fighting Han Wan Lee, another great fighter, but nowhere near on a physical level of clay. Somebody asked me to talk to him before the match, final match for Olympic team. I said, you're not as good as clay. The first thing I said to him, you're not as good as him. Mm. So don't try to be as good as him. Mm. Just... Round kick. When he kicks, when he finishes, round kick. Let him, don't, because in fighting him before, Han would try to do what Clay did. Everybody tried to do what Clay did. Right, emulate, yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Don't try to do what he does, because he's better at it than you. But, wait for him to finish, kick him. Make him miss, make him pay for missing. Don't try to outdo him. Just make him miss. Time it. Boom. Ujin, round kick. Slide back, round kick. You'll kill him. Gets in, first round. Clay, Han, boom. One point. Crowd. (laughs) Han, boom. Two points. Mm And when you like that, it's almost like that, like 
maybe I shouldn't use Mike Tyson as, but Mike Tyson, when he really first got hit, you could see it register. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And you could see, and I knew it would happen with Clay. Because nobody had done that to him before. Right. Everybody's trying to outdo him. Interesting. Third round, boom. Now Clay, chips, falls. Oh, my foot is hurt. I say, he's not going to get up, huh? He didn't get up, end of the match. It was already 3 nothing. Right. We've seen what we needed to see. <laughs> gotcha. now, I mean, and, and not going to get out of it because he's not playing this game. And he couldn't make the adjustment. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize that his strength, another player like that was Mark Lopez. His strength was his weakness. Fearless and complicated. Mm. You can hit, you know, I used to tell my players, you don't fight. If there's 100 guys, you're not looking to beat 98. Throw 98 of them out the window. You only want to beat the best two. Because those are the guys that are going to beat you in the end. So don't get all souped up that you hit 98 guys with this kick if you can't hit those last two guys with those kick, with that kick. If you can hit the best guy with this technique, then you can hit everybody else. Right. Right. But if you can only hit 98 of them, silver, bronze, that's it. And, and if you can hit 98, listen, 98% is great. Right. Fantastic. But if you can't hit those last two guys, you're doomed to be in the 98th percentile. Understood. Understood. And correct. But if you can hit those last two guys, you can beat everybody else. Easy. No problem. So you train for the best guy. You don't train for, you know, I'm sure you've heard this. I hit somebody with that once. Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. You know, broken clock right twice a day. <laughs> you hit somebody with that once. You know what that means? That technique sucks for you. <laughs> and that's the one you're trying to hit people with. Right. The one you hit somebody with once. Right. That's right. what you're trying to That's why you're trying to spin and jump and backflip because you hit somebody like that once. Right. Because you hit somebody once, once you do, you're going to hit them again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you get enamored with your ability. Yeah, and that never and that never happened to you along the way. Just as you get as you gain, I mean, I saw it. you just were very like, I'm here to do like your fighting style. When I watch, it's like I'm here to do the job and, and get out. Almost like you like, almost like Tyson. You walked in with your with your black shoes and your black trunks, sort of walk right in, did the job. I'm out. You know. I think part of it too, you know, from my and from my. Growing up, the movies I watched, the books right. I read, you know, uh, uh, and I guess from where I came from, uh, uh, I saw fighting as always real. Mm. It wasn't a game. It wasn't competition. For me, it was always, and, and I would tell my guys, you hurt your foot. Number one, and our things was, I don't care. I don't care what your problem is. I don't care. You hurt? I don't care. You're sick? I don't care. You don't feel well? I don't care. It's cold? I don't care. It's hot? I don't care. The floor is slippery? I don't care. The refs are against you? Who cares? 
You just hurt yourself. Bam! We all know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Foot's jacked up, hands jacked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you got a jacked up hand, somebody smacks your mom. Mm. Do you say, Mom, you know, my hand is hurt. You're kind of on your own right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard it put that way. Somebody knocks your kid down. Do you go, son, I'm not feeling well. You know, let's call the authorities. No, you're on one leg. You're in a wheelchair. Somebody smacks your mom. Doesn't matter you're in that wheelchair. You're still going to try to get it. <laughs> so that was the mindset in that. For me, it was for all. For me, it was always a surreal fight. There's, there's, from my instructor, mm-hmm. his words, quote, there's no second place when you're fighting for your life. Wow. Wow. That encapsulated competition for me. It was always a fight for my life. Got to do whatever I got to do to win. So it doesn't matter what's wrong. Doesn't matter what the problems are. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter what arena arena you're walking into and what rules they have. (laughs) What style of fighting is. Doesn't matter if the judges are against you and 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 all of the things that could go wrong. Fighting for your life. That's gonna be the excuse for your death. That judge was against me. Gene Lopez. He says, I hate coaching against you. And I go, well, no one, we were beating these guys. Our guys were beating these guys. I figured that. <laughs> Number two, he says, you, 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 you make friends with the referees and everything. And I said, yes, of course I make friends with the referees. They call points, you moron. I didn't say you moron. Yeah. But they call the points. Even if I don't like what that referee did. If the referee made a call, number one, I was a referee too. I don't want anybody questioning my call. Right. I don't want anybody questioning my call. You question my call, I'm just fighting words. You gonna tell me I didn't see what I just saw? So, uh, 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 I'm not gonna question this call. I might not agree with it, but I'm not gonna question it. And you see people argue with the refs all the time. I don't want to argue with the ref. I might argue rules. By arguing rules, I can win. But I'm not going to tell him what he saw, what he didn't see. I'm not going to ask him not to call what he just called, or he shouldn't call what he he shouldn't do what he just did, because I want that freedom when I'm a ref. And so, you know, something happens in a fight. Referee makes his call. Referee is expecting a fight from you, especially afterwards. And I go, hey, you're calling what you see. You know, so you give the guy some respect. I said, you call a guy an asshole, you call him a cheater, you call him this, 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 this. The referee's not going to cheat, but he's certainly not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yep. You think the guy that you just called an asshole in, in, in writing, you, you write that the referees are terrible, and now you think the referees are going to call things right. in your, favor. your way? Not happening. I said, you're not taking into effect that they're all human. Right, right. So if people don't like you, when they don't see something, when they're not sure, they're not going to call it. If you give them respect, 
now at the very least they're neutral. Right. So if they're not sure, they don't see, but they think it was a point, they'll call it. Right. Because they think it was a point. If they're not sure if it's a point, they're definitely not going to call it. <laughs> if they're not sure, if they if they don't, if they're not sure if it's a point, and to them you're an asshole, they're not calling it. If they're not sure if it's a point and you're a good guy, you might get some of those. Favorable call. <laughs> and, and I told him, I said, listen, he said, I don't see how you could live with yourself when you see this. I said, team, number one, I'm not fighting anymore. <laughs> I had my day. Right. I'm coaching kids. And I, unlike you, will kiss their ass in Macy's window <laughs> if it'll get them a point. You won't do that. Right, right. And he said, I can't look at myself in the mirror and, and do that. I said, fair enough, but you're not coaching. You're not fighting now. Mm -hmm. That attitude will affect your brothers and your sister. He said, I heard stories about you when you were fighting and blah, blah, blah. I said, yes. Virtually, I'm sure every story you, every horrible story you heard about me is true. Yes. I was not always nice to referees when I was fighting. When I was fighting, I was not always nice to referees. But what I didn't do was whine that the guy that I just dissed didn't give me a point. I didn't whine about it. I walked into matches, I walked in, again, walking into different disciplines and different circuits. I walked into the pl to places where I had referees got in the ring tell me I'm not giving you any points. Mm. They tell me to my face. Before the fight even started. Before the fight started, I'm not giving you any points. And you know what I did? I said, Gene, I didn't do what you did. I didn't whine about it and say, hey, that judge is not gonna give me any points, blah, 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 blah. You know what I did? When, some, when a referee, when a judge told me I'm not giving you any points, when a judge obviously wasn't giving many points, I go, okay. And then I beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> and I'd win anyway. I'd do whatever I could to win anyway. I didn't complain about that guy. Right. If he's in that corner, I just position myself so the other guys can see it. Right, gotcha. So I don't need your fucking book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if two judges had said it, then I might've tried to knock the guy out. But if one judge said, I'm not giving you any points, I go, Right. Okay, back in the day, it used to be five judges, remember? Right, right. Four and one in the center. Yes. So yes. you could throw a couple out. <laughs> <laughs> but the you need power two the most power, right? The majority of the power. The yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. If 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 there was a biased judge, right. you just position yourself so the other guys can see. Oh, you didn't see that? No, I'm gonna throw the kick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the kick so you can't even see it, asshole. Fuck you. Right, right, right. right. And then as I'm walking out of the ring, I go. <laughs> right. You bitch and moan. I just went and won. Right. And one of the reasons I liked Gene, because after that conversation, at the end of that conversation, he said to me, and I liked him when I first met him. Because uh, 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 uh. I saw he was like a crazy guy. And I'm bad way. Just crazy like to fight. Right. And he was getting ready to fight one of my guys. I said, oh, I like, who's that guy? Oh, I like him. He's got that, look at that goofy face. But he was loving. Yeah. You could see the lunacy. 
right. of the fighting, which I loved. I said, right. who's that? He said, he said, oh, I said, that's Gene. Oh, okay. I like that guy. Matter of fact, after that day, and Gene will tell you, I said, you're the future of Taekwondo. I told him that that day. But later on, when we had this subsequent conversation, he said, maybe I'll understand it when I get older. And I said, yes, you will. Mm. Because you set yourself in a, up in an ad, adversarial position with the referees, and now you're reaping the consequences of that. Yeah, no benefits there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. At night, I'll buy, I'll buy the refs a, a beer. Right, right. I'm not asking them to cheat, but they'll go, you know, Connection. Mark doesn't argue. Mark doesn't call me an asshole. Mark <laughs> knows Mark knows that I'm calling it the way I'm seeing it. Mark doesn't hold a grudge. You know that Mark is a good guy. Right. And then boom. So all I had to do was sit in the chair. Right. And I could look at the refs and go, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Right. And during the match, we might argue. Right. We might argue, you know as coaches do, but after I go, hey, you just call it the way you see it, dude. It was a case of you're doing your job, I'm doing my job. And that's respect. And now, when he's not sure, <laughs> <laughs> when he's chest. not sure, you might get that call. You played that chess on and, the and, <laughs> Yeah, and if I'm, if I'm sitting in the chair, again, I hate coaching against you, okay. I'm sitting in the chair on one side. You're sitting in the chair on the other side. Right. Mark's not a bad guy. Gene, call me an asshole. Mm. <laughs> who bought me a beer yesterday? Huh? <laughs> so who bought me a beer yesterday? <laughs> and it's not even, and it's, it doesn't even gel to, it, it's not even to that case, but it sub, subconsciously. Subconsciously, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Psychology. Yeah. It, it, that's what it's pure psychology. Psychology, yeah. Pure psychology. But again, he was operating on the physical, right? And the black and white. He's operating in black and white, and I'm. I live in the gray area. Right, right. That's and I so take advantage of what's in the gray. Right. Because most shit is in the gray. <laughs> I, I love that. I love right. That. And, right and wrong got nothing to do with it. Most shit is in the gray. Right. Absolutely. Black and white. There is black. There is white. But most shit is gray. I got a so question you, on color, sir. Did you ever feel when you were competing, because you're also a person of color, I'm a black martial artist and so are you. Um, and I was drawn, I was actually drawn to that because I remember watching you um, coach um, a couple of times I'd shown up to some tournaments where you had been in the same place. Um, I just remember like how emphatic you were coaching. It was almost like you had that same energy as a fighter, but in a coach's body, which is like, you know, you don't get the same. It's not always people always say like, well, you know, a black belt should automatically teach or instruct. And it's not the case. Right. You don't always get that person that's able to do and demonstrate that's also able to teach. Um, it's not, not everybody that does can teach. It's not a trans. It's not necessarily a smooth translation. Right. Doesn't doesn't translate. Yeah. It's two totally different disciplines. Right. And I, I've told people that for many, many years. Did you ever feel that you. um you didn't, uh, get, I guess, get respect based on the color of your skin coming up through the time that you were coming up in, competing in the time you were coming up in? Was there racism? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. But that's, uh, but as black people, we expect that. Correct. 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 Now, people might call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah. as as people of color, uh, you know, that's fully expected from white people, Korean people, everybody. But everybody has those prejudices. Everybody, right. black people too. Right. I don't even personally. I don't even agree with the word racism. Right. I don't believe in racism. I don't. I really don't believe in racism. That's awesome. Before humans migrated, when go back to a time when the population was a population was homogenous. Right. Anywhere on earth. Anywhere on earth. When the population is homogenous, all the same, you still have the people on this side of the river fighting with the people on the other side of the river. In the nature. You ever been to a drag race? Drag uh, racing? I believe one time I was when I was a kid, very long time ago. You go to any race, yeah. any day now. This is a perfect encapsulation of humanity. Drag racing, straight line. Grandstands on both sides. Right. Every single race, every single time is drag racing. Every weekend, every single race. You know what the chant you hear? The other side sucks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Us versus them. Mm-hmm. When you're on this side, the other side sucks. And then you go to that side. Right. And you scream, the other side sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the fact that that there is an actual difference is irrelevant. That's just the 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 excuse. That's the excuse. Again, when it was homogenous, the people on this side want what the people on that side mm-hmm. have. Right. If you're driving down, if you're driving down a highway and there's a river and you can see the other side, you're wondering what the hell is over there. Right. You, you, you're, it's always what's over there. It's, it's, I'm here, you're there. It's, I'm from this village, you're from that village. Yeah. It's, it's, it's religion. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. not touch that, but that's all you need. Yep. <laughs> that's yep. all you need. Right. Throw some religion in there. You can have siblings. Right. Then go at it. Siblings. Yeah. 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 Our 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 uh, 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 our civil war. Siblings. <laughs> siblings. So don't tell me about racism. I hate you because your your different is my is different from mine. My instructor put it this way. It's the most succinct way to put it, and why I don't necessarily believe in racism. If you put three people in a room, doesn't matter who they are. Sooner or later, it's going to be two against one. Interesting. And if you wait, that two against one is going to change. Interests. Interests. If there are three people, what benefits two at the same time? They're on the same side. Right. Right. If those interests change, you will partner with the guy you were just against because now you both benefit from the same thing. Gotcha. 
it's a human nature thing. Right. Now, again, we'll, we just use this now. If you don't have skin color, you got religion, you got politics, but you got any number of things. Take away people's food. Mm. Gets nasty real quick, real quick. Take, take away people's food. And my instructors, it wasn't, I, a couple of these things, those, these things in particular I got from my instructor, which really shaped me mm. and put the psychological aspect of human nature in my fighting. Love to hear that. Love sooner, to hear that. Sooner, sooner or later, it's two against one. Yeah. So you got to get somebody on your side. Got you got to find what you have in common with them. Talk about that first. And now you got an ally. Interesting. And it's true. You got, you got people railing now about the way things are in the system, USAT and blah, 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 blah. They're doing it wrong. You want to make a change? Number one, roll up your fucking sleeves and get in. Don't stand across the street and shout how other people should do things. Right. Get involved. If you're not going to be involved in it, shut the fuck up. If you don't have a, 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 a if you don't have a dog in the fight, there are people now that are complaining about how our Olympic organization is run. They're not members. They don't go to the events. They don't have students competing. Right. And they complain about how the organization is run. Right. These are Taekwondo guys talking about Taekwondo. Right. But there's no, they might as well go talk about fucking curling. <laughs> right. They, they're not involved in that either. Right. But they're not out on their windowsill going, curling should do this. And I don't like the color of that stone. Why is that stone always gray? Right. Right. Why, why is there always ice and curling? But little involvement in the actual no fucking involvement other than screaming from the you know from the peanut gallery you don't have a competitor and they shut the fuck up and if you want to change things when i got involved and that that attitude you saw i had yeah yeah i didn't like the way things were yeah what did i do i joined the organization right what did i do i became a part of the administration right what did I do? I became a referee. What did I, the things that I didn't like, I got in so I could change. So I wasn't just some shit talker. Right, right. Because if you're not involved, you're just a shit talker. You know, look, elite athletes now, or my peers. Right. They talk about the organization. What's the difference between talking about the organization you're not really fucking involved in? You don't go to events. You don't know anybody. You don't, I mean, you, maybe you know everybody, but you don't, you don't, you're not involved. And those same people look down on guys that never got in a ring talking about what it's like in a ring. All fighters, when they sit around, if they've been fighting, they hate guys that never been in a ring talking shit. What do you know? You never did. What do you know? Right. You won the state championships as a green belt. Get, shut the fuck up. What do you know? Right. And, they, and the basis for it is, you don't know. You're not involved. You've never been here. Right. And now they're screaming at the organization. And they're not even involved. Shut the fuck up and get involved if you want. Listen, if you want to make a change, get involved. Right. If you don't like the way things are, you don't like the way people are fighting now, 
make a player to beat them up. <laughs> because if you come in, and again, it was when I came in, everybody said, that flick stuff ain't going to work. Well, I beg to differ. And I know, I know some people, Frankie Calderon, Jerry Robbins, Arlene Lemus, even Skinny, Juan Moreno, they came out of point fighting. Right. Did pretty, did pretty good. <laughs> did pretty goddamn good. But if you don't like the way things are, you don't like the flick, bu- 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 you know, it's, they're just playing tag. Okay. Which I don't have a problem with. If that's what it takes to win, because you got to do what you need to win. It's about winning, not about how you win. Right. And if you don't like it, get in there, kick the shit out of them, knock them out. And then everybody will start kicking the shit out of people and knocking them out. Because that's what, that's apparently a better way. Leading by example. Huh? Leading by example, so to speak. Yes. No, not so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not so to speak. Exactly. If you think what they're doing is sub par to what you're doing, right. Shut the fuck up, get in the ring and prove it. Right. Prove it. And if you're not going to get the, if you're not going to get in the ring, shut the fuck up. Or listen, you're entitled to your opinion. Right. And I voice my opinion. Yeah, I look at I I can't I can't even watch it. I I, I don't watch much man. I don't like this game. I don't like this game, but I understand it. And you certainly can't blame the athletes or the coaches. How do you blame an athlete for doing whatever's necessary to win? Right. That athlete is walking in saying, What are the rules here? What will they score? And like I said, when I went to a karate tournament, I did backfist. Why? Because that shit worked. Because <laughs> I could get points like that. Yep, yep, yep. I, could, I got a point like that. I got, hey, that's an easy way to get a point. Yep. I don't like it. It's, it's kind of bogus in competition. But that's what gets me the goddamn point. Jesus Christ. If I could sweep somebody, if I'm in position to sweep them, I've swept guys and stomped on their heads. Oh, man. Hey, look. I used to go, Dad, the karate tournaments in New York, you were allowed to kick the groin. Wow. Different time. You were allowed allowed to sweep him and then hit him when he was on the ground. That was in the rules. And you know what? I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Went in Rome. Right. But there are guys that are blaming the kids and the coaches for doing what's necessary to win. So... Maybe if I were competing now, I'd look at it. I go, what are the rules here? Oh, okay, I could do that, and I'd do that. Right. Or, or, I would do what I did when I came into Olympic fighting, and hands up, kick them in the face. I didn't change. I made adjustments, and some of those adjustments were were pure. BS, and I was trying to always, one of our guys, Kevin Padilla, he had really good footwork. And I was always trying to step and switch and move like he did until I tripped and fell one time. And I said, I ain't doing that. 
But I did recognize even then I was trying to be cute like him. Right. And Kevin Kevin could dance and he was really good with the footwork and I'm getting in, I'm switching, I'm doing this. I mean, listen, I thought all of that was bullshit, but I did think it was cool. I'm like, man, that looks good. And then I tripped and fell. <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that one anymore. Yeah, I hear you. But, that. I hear you. but uh, uh, if you're gonna complain, get out there and do something about it. Don't just stand on the sidelines and complain. And you're talking not just, you're not just talking Taekwondo right here, so you're talking in general. If you're got, if you, if you see a problem out there yeah. in the world, put yourself out there. Change. Yeah. Right. Change. Yeah. I. You know, it, if you suck, right, and you talk shit. But you get in a ring, right? You got my respect. Gotcha. Because you got in a ring. If you get, if you put your hands up, and it doesn't even matter if you get the shit kicked. Out. It doesn't matter if you get beat half to death. Right. I don't care if you get beat half to death. Right. Because at least you got a, you got in a ring. Right. Right. You put up. It's put up or shut up. That's what I. Yeah, that's the neighborhood I grew up in. Right. Put up or shut up. Stop talking shit. Get out there. Right. But don't just don't just talk. You know, don't just talk is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh, you know. Yeah. And there are guys. There are so many guys now that are just talking and so well i don't have time to get involved and i'm busy with my other stuff okay then shut the fuck up about this and go do what you're doing <laughs> don't tell me how busy you are when i became an officer of the state right i told everybody in the beginning when first meetings i said listen okay you guys chose me to represent you i'll do the very best i can but if you need water, I will help you get the water. Yeah. You grab a bucket, I'll grab a bucket, I'll go down to the I'll go down to the stream and help carry water with you. Right. I don't have a problem doing that. You ask me for help, I'll give you help. You ask me to help you carry water, I'll help carry water. But what I n- will not do is go down to the river and get water for you. Mm-hmm. You sitting up here, you got something else to do. Hey, Mark, go get some water for me. Fuck you. <laughs> what am I to help now? Right. I will help, but I'm not the help. Right, right. So anybody that has an idea as to what we should do, come to me with that idea. Right. Tell me how we're going to do it. And I will help you manifest your idea. But you're not, don't come to me and tell me what your fucking idea is. (laughs) Mark, you should do this. You mean I should do this? You know, that's actually not a bad idea. Come on, what do we need? Come on, I'll help you. This is your idea. Right. I'll help you. Okay. Oh, no, I'm too busy. You're too busy. So this is what I should do. Now, what we should do. You too busy? Me too. And that turns a lot of people off. It's just like, again, put up or shut up. Right. There it is. Help out. Help you carry the water, but I'm not carrying the water for you. I'm not the help. Right. I'll help. I'll help anybody. Right. And I've been maligned for that sometimes, but 
when I was coming up, Jerry Robbins, John Kretzos, Frankie Calderon, uh, uh, Albert Cheeks. Uh, 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 there were champions before me that whispered in my ear like this, like that. Mm-hmm. Try it like this. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't asked for. I didn't go to them and say, hey, help me with this. Right. They, I think, saw something in me and they gave of themselves willingly. Right. And even now to this day, somebody says, Mark, I need help with something. Or if I see some talent, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 50 guys, I'm sure, that'll tell you. Somebody was joking the other day, Scott Conrad, he was joking the other day. He said, you were coaching me while we were in the ring fighting. (laughs) I'm fighting fighting against him and telling him, no, don't do that. Do like this. Right. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Not common. Uh, uh, Gene Lopez. Yeah. We fought fought trials one year. And after I won, I told him what I did, how I did it, why I did it. I told him, agent, agent, what is it, agent and, and uh, treachery? Yes, yes, yes. He was the young yeah. bull, storming through everybody, nine feet tall, two pounds, two, weighed five pounds. Right. I can't get him. <laughs> he, he fell down, got a deduction, half point deduction. And I grabbed the inside of his sleeve while his hand was on mine. So I grabbed the inside of his sleeve. His hand was on the outside. I jerked his arm. So it looked like he was holding me. He got another deduction. So he had one minus point. I had no points. Right. And then I didn't let him touch me. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's it. You want to beat people up. I want to win. Right. Can you speak? Agent to Fletcher. Can you speak to your time? Um, there's so many photos. I find uh, Master Herb Perez has so many um, photos on this timeline. He's always sharing, and I saw so many of you with him uh, going through that time. And I believe you're his senior, from what he told me, um, I remember correctly. So, um, can you talk about briefly just around about your time with him? Because he eventually went on to win the. 1992 gold medal in Barcelona for Taekwondo, which was incredible. Forgive me. I'm thinking. Nope, no problem, sir. No worries. No worries. I thought I struck a chord somewhere. <laughs> you did. You did. Gotcha. You did. What do they say? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything. Understood. Understood. That time was wonderful. I wouldn't trade it for anything. These are memories that I cherish and I will all my life till the day I die. He is my kid brother. For me, he's my family. 
It's hard. I spent a couple of years out there working with him. He's not the same guy as that guy. Now. Different person. Not that guy from that time. Sad. Broken hearted. It's uh, heartbreaking to see somebody you love not be that you love anymore. And I touched on this, I touched on that, I guess that aspect of sort of shifting gears. I touched on that aspect of photography. Um, how did you get into photography because photos take they just have a thing about taking you back when I saw those photos I was like I gotta my, I gotta ask him how he got into uh, photography my yeah. uncle my uncle was a photographer gotcha okay so my uncle was a photographer so as a young you know 12 13 years old uh my uncle got me into photography that's beautiful and, uh, uh, so yeah it, it just so much it, it's fun a lot of fun, you know, different aspect. I, I didn't really know then, but right. create aspect of it. Not so much then. Back then, it was just recording. You know, you're just recording. I got millions of hours of videotape and everything and pictures, and it was just recording because it was fun to look at after. Right. You know, and, and, and when, you, when you take pictures, when you're a photographer, there are two things. There's the joy you get from seeing your images, which almost like a song, you know, your, your songs from when you knew a kid and it brings you back there right. to the memory. Right. Seeing your photograph as a memory for yourself. And then I think I realized very early on, well, no, not, not very early on, but in recording so much, I later realized the joy it brought other people. Mm. And even now, even now, a few years ago, a couple of guys asked me, somebody asked me, somebody, somebody asked me for a picture from like 1992, Australia. And we took a picture, a group of picture, and we were behind a building. And they called, I did a clear blue sky. He said, Mark, do you have that? Do you have that picture? So it was apparently a picture he, you know, I had given him. Right. A hundred years go by and he, didn't know where it was. He walked, do you have that picture? And I go, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Any chance? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then going through that, the memories flooded. I sent him that picture and then it was like it started. Right. And I was getting called literally from all over the world. Mark, do you have... Mark, do you remember? Mark, I just last week, and um, I, I'm sorry, Kate. My apologies. I'm sorry, <laughs> Stephen Kaepner. I'm apologizing to Stephen Kaepner. I hope he sees this gotcha. because he asked me last week for a video from where was it? I I don't know. He asked me for some video on Heidi. He says, "You have it." I said, "Yeah, I got it." He says, any chance you could? And I'm like, dude, that stuff is in storage. It's at the bottom of, you know, 
it's, it, it's at the bottom of the of the of the Mariana Trench somewhere. <laughs> and he says, you know, if you could find it, I says it's important. He goes, yeah. I go, all right, I'll look for it. But I haven't been to the storage place yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. I will get there. I will get there. I promise. <laughs> but, and this is like last week. Right, right. But a couple of years ago, David Montalvo from Texas, he asked for something. And, and he actually got together one of these things where people donate money. And, and you know, so I pre- preserve all this. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because I really could did could use the money and he got a bunch of people a whole bunch of people they raised some money and they sent me some money to protect the stuff i had already been protecting right 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 right. (laughs) i have it you know but i it's years sending you know and a lot of the stuff i'm sending is photographs right so i had to scan it before i could send it you know i had to go through boxes and boxes and boxes and there was a period of about three weeks, three, four weeks, when the house was just littered. There were photographs everywhere. And, and I had to put all that away because it was it was becoming insane. Because again, I was getting, the more pictures I sent out, the more I was getting, hey, Mark, hey, Mark, Mark hey, Mark. So it, 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 it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to teach my son now, you know, photography and because I really I know I know now what my uncle knew then right that I didn't know then gotcha I got it it. what this could turn into passing it down and if and and the effect it has and uh uh uh, and I I get so much joy people saying Mark I never saw this before number one and with the videotape I feel bad for a couple of people uh uh Steve, Steve, uh, out in Montana. Oh my God, I love this kid. He's, and I, I'm still looking as for videotape because he, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, I don't have any videotape of me. So now I feel like, you know, the, the Sphinx guarding the gold, the dragon guarding the gold, that uh, 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 there are people that don't have video. And I feel it even more so because I used to have more video of me. Right. And then of course I lent it to somebody and never got it back. And, and, and so I understand the, you know, not having photos or video of when you were in your prime, because when you were there, you didn't care about that. Right. You know? When I was fighting, I didn't even care about the trophy. I didn't care about the trophy. I didn't care about the medal, you know, after a while, you got hundreds of those, and you know, I even had a dude in the street. I'm in Manhattan, and he said, "You're Mark Williams," and I'm like, "Uh-oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't owe your money, do I?" <laughs> he goes, "No, no, no. When I was about eight years old, you gave me one of your trophies," <laughs> and I go, "Oh." Because, I mean, I had a gazillion of them, didn't want to bring them home anymore, you know, especially we had to travel a distance. So literally with the trophies, I'd win. They'd hand me the trophy and the first kid that walked by, hey, say, hey, kid, here. And I give it to him. Then I don't have to carry it. Right. 
So I've had more than one person say, you gave me a trophy when I was like six years old. That is a unique story. <laughs> but uh, 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 the joy you get from doing it. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't care. I wasn't in, I didn't care about the trophies. I had one of my friends, Kurt Holloway. He said, what are you doing? Because a reporter, some magazine person had come over and it happened more than once. They came over just before I'm getting ready to go in the ring. So it was final match, get ready to go in. And they want to interview me. I'm like, I'm busy, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I think that happened once with Black Belt Magazine or something. And my friend Kurt was standing right there and he says, what's wrong with you? That's the magazine. I said, I'm busy, tell him to come back later. Yeah, and I'm like, and Kurt's like, you're crazy. This is gonna go all over. The-. I said, I'm busy, dude. Right. Of course, the guy, they, they don't come back when you curse, <laughs> but you're not even, you know, right. you're not thinking then. You know, you're, you're, yeah, you're realizing later. Oh man, I should have talked to that dude. Kind of like I feel like Melania Trump. She turned down that Vogue cover. <laughs> I won't even speak on that, sir. You, I might not touch that. She, she, she turned on that Vogue cover. Now Jill Biden got it, and now she's mad. They never asked me to. They asked me to. Uh, how come I didn't get a Vogue? You turned it down. <laughs> I, so I feel a little like Melania Trump. I got you. Know? you. I told I, I told a bunch of reporters, "Hey, get lost, dude." Right. And they never came back. So I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here." And they I'm took busy. it seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they were offended. Yeah. But they didn't realize what they did wrong. I'm like. Right. Dude, you can't interview me after. Right, right. Now, right. now you want to talk to me? I'm getting ready. This guy's getting ready. That guy is good. Right. He's going to try to kick my ass. I'm busy. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my head on my shoulders. And you want to talk about the, you know, I get out of here. Right. So, you know, uh, 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 it's funny how you look back and, and you say, yeah, well, but that's everybody with everything. Yeah, I wish I had done that one a little bit different and this a little bit different. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I didn't care then, so why should I care so much now? Absolutely. Do you find any, um, before we get out of here, do you find any um, similarities, I guess, between like any, any way that you can translate like the black belt that you have to how to live life? Because as I instruct and teach people, and as I get older too, I'm a father now, husband now I find that it's so much more important really what you're doing off the mat you know and, you know what I mean yeah. as you continue to go how I'm treating people and I always seem to talk that more than I used to you know the physicality was more important when I was younger you know the technique so to speak of going back to what we were talking about earlier and now it's more the the dough as I start to get older the way you know. well uh, the way is really the golden rule Treat people the way you want to be treated. Right, right. The dough is say what you mean, mean what you say. Right. Then you gotta do very little apologizing. I I I I don't do much in the apology right. department. Not that I'm not willing to. If I screw up, I'll apologize. Right. But I don't have to apologize because anything I'll say to you, if I say something to you, and I have, mm-hmm. I mentioned people's names today. Right. Not always in the best light, right? But let's take Gene. 
what I just said to you? I'll say to his face. He knows it. There's nothing I'm going to say to you about somebody else. I won't say to that guy. Right. You know, I, 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 I'm not walking back anything because I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't say anything that wasn't true. Right. You know, you might not like what I say. But what I'm saying is true. And at the very least, it's my opinion, which I'm entitled to. You're entitled to yours. We may disagree. And let's agree to disagree. You know, I don't hate everybody that disagrees with me. I don't hate every asshole. And I don't hate every asshole because I'm one of the biggest assholes I know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm no, I'm no prince. So I don't mind construct, I don't mind criticism. You know, the only people who not know, that's not true. Not only people. Often. Well, more so than not, probably. Most people that criticize are not cr trying to criticize constructively. Mm -hmm. And if you can, I love constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. If somebody tells me the truth, if they say something that's true, number one, Mark, you're an asshole. I kind of can't argue. <laughs> and this is how you, maybe you should try this to not be such an asshole. I don't like it but it's true. And at the very least, I'll run it through. Right. Maybe I don't have to be such an asshole, but the older you get, the less you care about being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if somebody's constructively criticizing, I have to really take it to heart. I've had, and some of the worst criticisms I've gotten have come from the people I love the most. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that have affected me the most. Right. And those are the things that have made me change the most. So the few close friends I have, they are close friends because they'll tell me to my face right. when I fuck up, when I'm doing something wrong, when I'm acting the wrong way. Uh, uh, and it's odd how they become friends. Yep. A guy named Steve Kate, Steve Kaepner, he, 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 we went to Korea in like 1986 for the first time. He's from fucking Montana, white guy from Montana, white guy, blonde hair, living up in the hills, goddammit. We went to Korea together, and that was 86. Kaepner loved Korea so much, he went back. He's been living there for the last 900 years. He is one of my closest friends because he will tell me to my face anything. I fucking love that. Right. Anybody that tells me, especially when I screw up, especially when I'm like, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm never wrong. But when they tell me I'm wrong, uh, 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 they're always wrong when they tell me I'm wrong because I'm never wrong. But when they tell me I'm wrong, I love it. <laughs> People are afraid of hurting other people's feelings. And if you're telling them the truth, their feelings shouldn't be hurt. Even if they don't like it a little bit, right. you right. got to acknowledge that, you know, hey, they're giving you a perspective you might be a little too close to to see. Ah, very and to this day, you know, 
Kaepner lives in Korea. I see him once every hundred years. But if I got a real problem, I'm going to talk to him. I run it through him because I will tell him my opinion, what I see. Right. I will tell him my reality. And he will tell me the reality. Gotcha. And it's always a little different. And I always learn something. So anybody, when I was competing, I hated people to pat me on the back. Mm. I couldn't stand when people tell me how good I was, I was or how good I was doing. I couldn't stand it. And I was rude sometimes. Get the fuck away from me. You know, people be coming over and going, oh, great. Oh, you did it. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. It was always the people that would come by and say, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. My instructor. My instructor, I think two times in 20 some odd years, my instructor once or twice said, I did something good. Mm. He was always telling me what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was what I needed. Right. You know, the, the, the older guys before me, I learned from them, watching them, how they conduct, you talk about how to conduct yourself, how they comported themselves. And, and, and again, it's that commonality of, if you don't like it, fuck you, and I'll, I'll kick your ass if I have to. But uh, uh, they were always straight. Right. You, know, you right. don't have to figure it out. Don't have to do much in the way of interpreting. Right. It was this, and it was cool because not everybody gets this, and this was why I think I have a good relationship with the people that I coached is I understood that they were coming at me with this negative thing, this criticism in a positive way. They were trying to help me. Right. They were telling me, you know, you did this wrong. I punched the guy one time and my instructor said, no, not like that. I punched the guy and knocked him out. He was on the floor laying there. And while he was still writhing on the floor, my instructor said, no, that's the wrong way. The guy was laying on the floor from a punch. He told me, no, not that way. You went around, go straight. He was breaking my balls when I had just knocked the guy out. But it was true. Straight better than around. That's right. That's right. So, you know, the guys that worked with me and became champion, I always thought that wasn't because I was special or great. It was because they understood that what I was doing was for them. And just like I bought into what my instructor said, they bought into what I said because most of the time I was on point and it worked. More important, not that it was right or wrong, good or bad, it worked. Functionality. And And we were all about what works, not, not what's right, not what's wrong, not what's good, not what's bad, what works. So if it works, it's good. Not if it's good, it works, no. It only is good if it works. If it doesn't work, don't do it that way. If I, if, if I told somebody to do something and I could see they couldn't do it, I'd say, don't fucking do that no more. Right. Even though I know that's the right thing to do because that guy can't do it. Right. I'd have to find something else that that guy can do to give him the success to trust me. Right, right. 
If my instructor said, jump off that roof right now, I would have jumped. And not because I'm some Kool-Aid drinking idiot that just did whatever he said. If he wanted me to jump, there's a reason for it. And what I know is that he's never going to hurt me. Mm. This is some kind of a test. He wants me to do it. There's a reason he wants me to do this. There's a net. There's a net on the on over that edge. I'm I'm pretty sure there is one there. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> He's not gonna tell me just jump off. He ain't like that. Right. No. But I trust him. Right. And so, what I was often always able to say to my players is, listen, if you don't trust yourself, trust me. There you go. And they will go. Okay. And they would do it, and then they would go. That psychologically rewires. It's like, yeah. and that, that's, I got that because that's what happened to me. Correct, correct. My instructor was always, as soon as he moves, as soon as he moves, don't hesitate, don't wait, as soon as he moves. And so you're always going, you're hesitating because <laughs> you don't believe you're hesitating, you're trying, but you're still hesitating, you're closing your eyes and everything. And then one time, after that 900th time, he said that, as soon as he moves, I said, okay, screw it. As soon as he moves, I'm going to go. Right. He moved, I went, and it was kaboom. I was like, oh. Wow. At that moment, whatever he said, I did. Because that shit worked. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was afraid of doing it, but it worked. Yeah. And then after that, and so I got that from my instructor, and that's what I was able to give to my students. If you do what I tell you, you do it 100%. If you really do it, it'll work. And once I could give them something yeah. simple to make that connection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To make that now, often coaches are screaming one thing, the players are doing something else, and then the coach is screaming, How come you didn't do what I told you? Blah, 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 blah. And I and I tell coaches when I when I when I teach coaches, I say, Your student is not listening to you because you haven't taught them to speak the same language as you. Uh-huh. If you're telling him to do X and he's doing Y, that's your fucking fault. You haven't taught them the ABCs of your language. Right. So once you get that they do what they say, then you can coach them. But until they're doing what you say, you can't fucking coach them and you can't tell them to do something and they're not doing it and then blame it on them. That's on you. And 90% of the time, you tell them to do something that's not going to fucking work or they can't do. Right. right. How many times have you sat in a, have you, how many times have you been at a, at a tournament and had some idiot telling some guy that can't walk and chew, chew gum. Spin! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many spin! Times. They, just, they don't even tell him what to do. They're just saying spin! Yeah, too many times. And you're going, what the fuck am I, a top? Right. Spin? Spin and do what? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard. You can get so... I'm, I get into it. So, you know, I like I, I'm there, you know, purely for the benefit of the student. 100,000%. And then I That's hear something like that. And it makes you want to change what you're saying. They're directors for your student. And be like, yo, stop saying that. <laughs> and that, and that, that was the funny thing with Gene. I was like, Gene, you're thinking about you. Right. You had your day. Right. It's his day now. Correct. Right. Stop worrying about how people, he's, you know, there are a lot of coaches that sit in a chair. And if, the, and if the student's not doing well, if their charge is not doing well, they're like, I don't want anybody to see that my student sucks. They're worrying about how they're perceived when their student is in a ring. I'm like, what are you worried about you for? 
Right. You're supposed to be worried about him. You're right. worried about how people are looking at you when your student is getting his ass kicked. Yeah, we're you done. should be worried about your student. <laughs> you worried? But you should be worried about your student getting his ass kicked. Now, how about he's looking at you? Right. Oh, he's gonna bring me down. Make like I'm not a good coach. Right. Well, if he's getting his ass kicked, maybe you ain't. Right. There it is. There it is. End of story right there. <laughs> but you're worried about the wrong guy. You should be worried about that kid. If that kid's losing, getting his ass kicked, you should be more invested in that guy right. to keep him from getting his ass kicked. I agree. I agree. If you can turn that guy into somebody who's not getting his ass kicked, now you're a coach. And when I came into USAT, that was the funny thing. They were always asking, guys were always going, where do you get these guys from? Because every year we'd show up with a new guy. Right. That, that was, who the fuck is he? Right. There's some guy that's with us, bought into us. And it wasn't me. It was an us thing. You know, for us, it was very Dr. Frankenstein. Right. All I need are bodies. You need bodies to try shit out on. And you need new bodies, not the same bodies. Right. If you fight the same guys, train together, they all know what the other's going to do. You can't grow. You plateau. Right. right. You need fresh bodies. Fresh bodies to try out fresh shit, to learn new shit, and everybody starts to evolve. When you have fresh bodies, everybody evolves. Right. Without the fresh body, my concept was fresh bodies and simplicity. Right. Simplicity, fresh bodies. If you do that, you're in business. And we had guys come at, you know, when we're beating everybody up locally, then people started going, hey, can we come train with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And or every guy brought in became champion. Every single one of them. And there were guys, we had a kid come down from Canada. His name was Chris, or Kim was last name. He came down to train with us. He came all the way down from Toronto. Right to train with us. And the first time he came, we broke his arm and broke his nose. And that kid came back. Perseverance. Everybody gave to him everything they had. Because for us, it was always, if you survive, you'll get good. And so new guys, we would try to kill them. Everybody, a new guy come in and train with us, and we would all try to kill him. Because right. we knew he probably not going to be back next week. Right, right, right. Everybody took turns. New guy came in. I go first. Right. I get to crush him first. And then everybody down the line wants to crush this guy. Yeah. Whoever came back became champion. That's awesome. That's awesome. Separating the wheat from the chaff. All we wanted was loonies. Right. Crazies that were win willing to do anything. It didn't say, oh, man. You guys are crazy. I mean, you know, if you fell on the floor, we would kick you. If you ran out the room, we'd chase you out into the hallway, you know. Right. And and all we'd say is no referees in here. And no referee here. Right. So if you can't handle it, don't come back. But we would tell people beforehand, we're going to try to kill you. We're going to kill you first day. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can handle it. And then they never come back. With the guys remember, that came back, I remember the seminar I took with you five years back, and that atmosphere felt different. It wasn't. It was in in a good way too. It wasn't just walking in and just being like you know bow to and then nice and calm. It was like, all right, you're gonna learn first half of the class, three quarters of the class, and then we're gonna fight. And I remember those guys trying to take my head off with the first, the very first kick. 
was a reverse turn kick right over my head. I just went, whoop, zip. And I was like, okay, now I know where we are, but I made that adjustment. I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. Like, okay, this is the environment. And it was hostile, but I loved it though. I learned from it. I loved it. Loved it. It was very hostile. Love We're fighting. <laughs> We're fighting. Right, right. I love and that's the thing. That's right. the thing. Guys will come in and they couldn't understand how hostile we were. And it was always like, we're fighting. It's not personal. This chess. This is yeah, this is chess. This is not tennis. Right. If we right. were playing chess, I'd be trying to fuck you up on a chessboard. <laughs> if this was tennis, I'd be trying to kick your ass off. But we're fighting. I'm trying to kill you. Right. A thousand percent. A month ago. Whenever they just had team trials for the Olympics. Right. Damon Harley from Bloomfield. Damien, Damien. Yes. Harley, Bloomfield. Yes. The guy that's right in Bloomfield Center. Yes. He, has a, he had a girl that was going to trials. If she won, she's on the Olympic team. And he calls me beforehand and he says, I just want to tell you, now I understand what you were talking about. <laughs> And why? Because he had an elite player getting ready to go in right. to try to make the Olympic team. That's crazy. He said, crazy. now I understand. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> now he's the instructor. Now he has the player. It's like you tell kids. You tell your own kids. How old are your kids? My, kid, uh, my own kids are, uh, I got a two-year-old daughter. I've got a uh, nine-year-old, 10-year-old getting ready to be 11. I've got a six. Okay, so you you got some time. Yeah. But when you talk to young people, when I talk to young people, and now I have a 27-year-old daughter, I say, I say, you won't understand what I'm saying till you have kids. Right. Right. It's not until you have your own kids that you realize your parents were right all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you end up saying to your kids the very thing. You couldn't understand. You could. You hated when your parents said to you. It's like a hologram. I literally, because I told my son one time when I was criticized, I, I, I had to break it down to him, very, very direct with him. And I, as I was speaking, it was like I could see my father on the other side of the room with his arms crossed, saying the same thing to, to little version of me. And I'm saying yeah. the same thing. And he's heard me. Like, you know, I, I try to do as best I can. It's the most important job to me that I have yeah. in parenting those kids, right? So, and I, and I just see it all the time, every time I say, and it just comes out, it's just like, blah. And, you know, it just, it's, it's miraculous. That's when you realize mom and dad were right all along. Yeah, yeah. Man. They were right all along. And I'm talking to my daughter and she says something goofy and I'm like. <laughs> In many ways. And I say to myself, listen, I have to say this anyway. And I told her, I said, I have to say this to you anyway. I know you don't like it, right. but I have to say it because I'm your father, right? and it's my job. Correct. So you really, I said to my daughter, this is just recently, right. I said, you really don't expect me. You know me well enough to know, right. and you really don't expect me to not tell you mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to tell you. Right. Do you? Right. <laughs> you think I'm wrong. Right. You're wrong, <laughs> and you don't want to hear it, but you don't, you really don't expect me to not say, you expect me to be quiet? Right. You expect me to not tell you? <laughs> I'm your father. I'm going to tell you whether you like it or not. There's a lot if of you that. don't like it and you hate me, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you because one day you're going to go, my dad was right. <laughs> you're going you, to say to your children exactly right. what I'm saying to you. Yep. 
Chris, that's my job. I have to tell you. I don't care if you don't like it. Too bad. You have to know. Somebody has to tell you because then maybe you'll recognize it sooner. Absolutely. Nobody tells you. No, you won't know. And and that's my fault. Yep. Yep. Sir, we're getting ready to wrap everything up. This has been a really tremendous conversation. I I learned a lot uh, from talking to you this past. I felt like it felt like 30 minutes went by. It's actually way more than that. And it's been great. This has also been your first podcast. So I'm really honored to to have you on and say, I got you here first. So thank you so much. Again. First podcast. This is my first Zoom. First Zoom too. Okay, there you go. So I got I got first in two categories there. And I got I got the best guy in the world. So thank you again so much for your time, Master Williams. Is there um is there anything you want to uh, plug in? Uh, anything that you want people, where people can find you? Uh, any upcoming events or anything that you're hosting? Anything like that? Who's looking for me? Ain't nobody looking for me. <laughs> well, Ain't nobody looking for me. If there's anything you ever have, you want to drop it to me, I'll make sure I link it, put it on my website. It's mastercm.net. So you're more than welcome uh, to shoot me over anything that pops up in the future. Make sure people- send. Do me a favor. Yes, sir. Send that to me. Yes, sir. Because people are always calling me and say, Mark, did you see this? And Mark, did you see that? And I'm like, huh? What? (laughs) Yes, on the web. And I'm like, I don't look on the web. (laughs) And, 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 And then I go, and then I go, send it to me. Right. right. Because if you pay me money, I couldn't find it. (laughs) I got people now, I got people calling me lately about Herb saying stupid stuff and saying, Mark, did you see this? And I'm going, no, I didn't see it. I'm like, send it to me because I don't want to have an opinion about it until I see it. Right. Now, this will, this will, you'll but, definitely find this on all the major platforms. This is going to be everywhere. Yeah. So as soon as, as, soon as it's done, I'll upload it. Make sure you have it. Um, spread it out there and put it out there. Again, really appreciate having you on. It's been an honor this morning. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you. My pleasure. All right. Take care, guys. This is the conclusion of Episode 7 of the Mastery Podcast. Thank you, and we out. I got one question. Sir, go ahead. Who else do you have on these things? You said seven. I'm just curious. I'm being nosy. Oh, I have um, I have so many people. I've got um, I've got Master Perez. I had um, my very first guest was the number two kickboxer in the world. Happens to be a friend of mine. Uh, who? who? Dwayne Holman. Dwayne Holman, Junior. Okay. Um, I've also had uh, Master Alex uh, Vasilis Alexandris from uh, Greece. Had them on. That was an international Zoom call. Um, I've had just the list goes on. So I'll, I'll actually send you the the link to my website. You can check everything out. It'll be like a, a format where you can just click and it'll take you right there and you can see everything. Yeah, I, I, I want to see what other people who are good at what they do. Absolutely, do. sir. Definitely will send that to you. Well, thank you Maybe so I much. Can learn. Appreciate you. Maybe I can learn me something. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you. All right, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.